When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961, and we just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before we die. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? This is Before We Die on Purple Daily and Score North, your Tuesday edition, replacing your Monday edition because there was a Monday night football game for your Minnesota Vikings. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor. He's Ross. What's going on, everybody? Um, Let's recap because we have to because that's what we've dedicated ourselves to doing. We have to recap the Monday night football game in Philadelphia where Minnesota looked just not good. That's a nice way of putting it. Um, last week, we had the Vikings winning the Super Bowl with a big victory over Green Bay. This week, you don't think they're going to win another game. That's what happens. You know, week one to week two, I think the Vikings are somewhere in between. But again, terrible, terrible showing at the link in Philadelphia, guys. There's so much to digest here. Where do we even want to start, Thor? Should we start with primetime Kirk? <laughs> well, on last week's show, I said if if Kirk has a bad outing, that we shouldn't drum on the primetime Kirk thing. Uh, but bad was that was that a bad performance? It, it it was one of the worst games of his entire career. Like even going outside of of the primetime game thing, and I, I I read somewhere that he's now two and ten against the spread on Monday Night Football, which is the worst against the spread record of a quarterback for the last twenty years. It's worth noting, uh, but I, you know, does it have an extreme amount of predictive value going forward? Like for the next Monday night game, it's certainly going to be brought up again. But I don't think we should just assume that in every every Monday night game he's going to be he's going to be bad. But he absolutely was but, last night. But that seems to be it is two and ten is not good. Would you no. not argue? Like it is not good. He is. I think I saw a stat it was either sixty six and sixty six or sixty and sixty somewhere where it just proves he is the most mediocre quarterback. Of all nice mediocre quarterbacks, now. right? Yeah, like yeah. that's just, but that's very mediocre. That's not great. That's just meh. Uh, he went 27 of 46 for 221 yards and one touchdown. But the worst part of that all, guys, three interceptions, two from Darius Slade. Um, he, you know, I think the, the biggest problem there, too, is two of those interceptions coming in the red zone. I mean, Kirk was just heaving it up there. Darius Slade knew what to do. Great coverage on Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, can we put all the blame on Kirk in his kind of panic situations? Because we also got to look at some of the drop balls. There were several instances, including Irv Smith Jr., 
who could have had a shoe win touchdown, which probably would have changed the game dramatically uh, on second and 10. Are we blaming more of Kirk for that or blaming the receivers or a combination of the scheme? Yeah, no, it's definitely not all on Kirk. You know, last week when we were talking about the Packers game, there was almost too many good things for us to be able to touch on going to each individual one. This week is the exact opposite where there's almost too many people to blame to, to get into every single one. Did Kirk play bad? Yeah, he did. Um, the accuracy was not good. The decision-making wasn't good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, on, on one of the interceptions, Jefferson ran the wrong concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, number one, you had all the drops, like like you mentioned. Irv Smith, a, a free touchdown just dropped off the guy's hands. It, you know, and it wasn't just Irv, but Irv had a bad night. There was there were multiple other other drops. The, the, the routes and the scheme and everything, it, it was just all off. Whereas the week before against the Packers, you were using Jefferson like we had always wanted to see him, motion him around, get him in mismatches, stuff like this. Now you were facing a better cornerback, one in Slay, but you mostly just kept Jefferson out there. There was a little bit of, of, of motion, a little bit, but it wasn't even close to what we had seen in the last game. O'Connell put this loss on him himself after the game. He deserves a big part of the blame. Uh, I, I think Ed Donatel deserves quite a bit of blame. <laughs> the, the offense, I didn't know what the offense was, why they weren't doing the stuff that they had done in the previous game. But then on defense, I don't know what they were doing at all. Like the, the treetop strategy, it didn't even make sense. Like they, they were playing two deep safeties the entire game. And, and I get that you're a little bit afraid of the Eagles receiving core, but Jalen Hurts is not known for his arm strength and hitting guys downfield. So, so to facilitate, I mean, what you did by, by keeping the guys back, you opened up all this stuff underneath. You also never had a spy on Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. So when Jalen Hurts broke contain, he, you know, it was a free 10 yards or whatever, every single time, it was just a really weird defensive strategy going up against this team. And, and the offense was all over the place. I, I don't know what they were doing there either. I think Kirk Cousins play last night doesn't surprise me because sadly we've seen that before in those moments Maybe it was worse than I expected, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, The Vikings' defensive play in the first half, again, not really super surprising because I think there's still a learning curve for a lot of us here with the new schemes, new coordinators. I get that. But what bugged me is the seemingly lack of making adjustments throughout the game or moving that coverage up. And they did have some sacks last night. They did have some pressure on Jalen Hurts, but not enough. There was plenty of time where he could stand back there all night long. I guess I'm more upset about two things. I'll leave the Kirk stuff in a separate bucket. I'm more upset about the lack of adjustments and just how soft the defense came out. They weren't matching Philadelphia at all physically. I don't like using the term embarrassing because I don't play for the team, but that Jalen Hurts touchdown run was borderline embarrassing. That can't happen. You had him stopped a few different times, and he winds up in the end zone. I I was very off-put by the defense last night. The offense, I trust KOC. I think he'll figure it out enough. We know that you're going to get good Kirk more than bad Kirk. It's frustrating because I, I'd hope that they'd maybe coach some of that out of Kirk, but I'm more annoyed by the by the defensive play and just the lack of physicality than anything. 
I'd agree. And we'll dive a little bit more into the defense, the shell defense to start off, which was a complete failure, uh, especially in that first half. But I want to focus a little bit more on the offense again in our they said it, as we'd mentioned, Kevin O'Connell taking the brunt of the blame. He was quoted as saying post game, I have to do a better job and make sure we stay true to what we are and what we want to be offensively. Adam Thielen added on last week. We did the things we've talked about since OTAs tonight. We didn't do the things we've talked about since OTAs. Uh, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell had a great point about to using that momentum when it was swayed we didn't do that tonight and it was obviously crucial I mean that goes to your point that you just mentioned Ross there was no adjustment there was no kind of going back at Philadelphia and countering what they were able to do um, and again a lot of it with Darius Slay proving that Justin Jefferson can be shut down under Slay alone after having a career high week against the Packers uh, Justin Jefferson only had five catches for 43 yards on 11 targets with Slay coverage 48 total yards on six catches for JJ, um, you know, an Eagles defensive back, Zeke McPherson said he put one of the best receivers in the league in a car seat. That's the truth. We feed off him for real, seeing him make so many plays, lead the defense, and back his talk up on the field. You have no choice to, but to get behind your brother. And that's him on Slay. I mean, does this change your guys' opinion? Again, Vikings were going to the Super Bowl. Justin Jefferson was the best receiver in the NFL in week one. Now, what do we think? Is Justin Jefferson still have the potential to be the, the number one receiver in the league? Or did we see something different? Again, we go back to his missed route and, you know, he took accountability for that, which I think speaks volumes of him as a player. But does this change your perception of where JJ's at this season? Or are we looking at it as, again, it's one game. It'll be all right. Absolutely not. He Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. But last night, it didn't go well, but again, there, there's, you have to decide where you're going to put the blame on. Cousins had the awful game. Jefferson seemed extremely frustrated by a couple of things, uh, both the, the extra attention he was getting from Philly, which you saw really early. You know, it wasn't just the one guy running with him who was ever matched up against him, but they always had help over the top on him. So he, Jefferson was basically double teamed every single time. But then I'm, I'm sure Justin Jefferson was wondering, why aren't you motioning me more to try to get me more into advantageous situations? It was almost like the Vikings had decided in advance. Well, last week, the Eagles saw us do just slap around with the Packers with Justin Jefferson, do whatever we wanted. So this time we're going to sort of play against that and try to go to some of the other guys when the Eagles, we know, are going to give extra attention to Jeff, Justin Jefferson. And they did. But it's just whether it was the, the scheme, whether it was Cousins, they were not on the same page with the other receivers. There was all the drops like we were mentioning. And then Justin Jefferson, his head seemed to go out of the game a little bit. Where, you know, this was sort of like uh, college football. You go to the week one when LSU played uh, Florida State. One of the best receivers in college football is this kid named Keishon Butte. He got extremely frustrated during that game because they couldn't get him the ball. Uh, Florida State was doing coverage stuff, and, and then uh, LSU's quarterback is, is accuracy averse. And, and Butte started to round off some of his routes. He didn't get his hands up quick enough when the ball was on him. It wasn't quite as bad with Jefferson last night. But that was the frustrating aspect of it, where it didn't seem like on every single rep you were getting 100% focus and 100% effort. But I, I do think a lot of it is circumstantial. When when the, the offensive scheme is humming like it was in week one, you're always going to get that from Jefferson. And, and when you're not against Darius Slay, you're always going to get that from Jefferson. This will open up uh, the ability for KOC to make some adjustments. And I think long term, that's the positive thing. He's already he was looking himself in the mirror talking to the media last night. Mm -hmm. he, he is going to come in with more fleshed out uh, game plans going forward. This was only his second game, but I think it speaks to 
the inexperience there, the inexperience with Donatello. Justin Jefferson's only 23 years old. So, you know, it's like mama said there will be days like this. This was a bad game, but, you know, I, I think that there were things that the Vikings can learn where they can correct some of this stuff going forward. I think it underscores, too, how difficult it can be on a first-year coach in the NFL. It doesn't matter how much experience you have as a coordinator or a position coach. When you're the guy, things speed up an awful lot, and I think we saw some of that with KOC last night. We saw that with some of the first-year head coaches over the weekend. We've seen it with Nathaniel Can't Hack It two <laughs> weeks in a row. So. I think that that's one thing that I think about when you're trying to play out this entire season. You know, what does it look like? I've always said I think the Vikings are a playoff team. But how deep can they go and how many regular season wins can they have? Last night gives me a little bit of pause that it'll be closer to the 9-10 number than maybe the 12 or 13 number. But again, I don't really want to evaluate much until we get through four or five games here in the regular season because I think that it's just really tough to know what do the Vikings have, but I think it's really tough to know what the rest of the league has. And I'm really, we'll get into it later this week, probably on Thursday. I'm really intrigued by the Vikings and Lions game. And one quick teaser, mainly because the Lions have a great offensive line. The Eagles also have a great offensive line. And it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings deal with that, albeit at home, what that looks like this upcoming weekend. Would you, is the world ready for like a potential Buffalo Philadelphia Super Bowl? Like, do you think and we could ha- like the anybody could handle that? Like, that sounds like chaotic, but Buffalo's really good too. And Philadelphia, again, not just against the Vikings, but I think are very good football team. Jalen Hurts, very good quarterback and developing into a very good quarterback. Uh, speaking of him, he completed 26 of 31 passes for 333 yards and three touchdowns. Um, the first half is where things really immediately fell apart for Minnesota, right, guys? We had talked about the defense feeling just very unprepared. They started with the shell defense that could not stop Hurts, uh, who completed his first nine passes and had 251 passing yards in the first half alone. Uh, blown coverage from Cam Bynum, uh, Bynum. Cam Dantzler was benched in the third for a Caleb Evans. I mean, seemed like there were minor little tweaks here, but as we would mentioned with Cam Bynum out, you only saw Lewis Seen take, what, one, one go at it? So, I mean, do you think that there needs to be Again, what does KLC and what does, you know, the defense, what do they need to do to answer and respond better, especially moving forward in the next few weeks? Well, yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> it's really unfortunate when you, when you have the stupid defensive strategy coming in and keeping the two guys deep and all you got to do is pass the, the receiver off when he goes deep. You can't allow him to get past you if you're the deep safety on that side. And Cam Bynum just watched Watkins just run right by him. You know, he bit up on the on the on the other guy. You know, was running that that other route. It was Goddard, basically- which killed me because yeah. that was the reason I lost my fantasy this week. Thank you very Uh-oh. much. And that and Derrick Henry, I think I'm done with him. I am over him. I'm done with it. But Dallas Goddard had to get five catches and 82 yards. Obligatory him. fantasy football. Mission. I'm happy you lost your game, Jesse. I'm still I'm gonna win. I'm still gonna win the championship. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, but this is the crap we were doing to the Packers the week before, and we're you know the Vikings offense is going to do this to more teams where, where they they sort of coax out the the mental breaks on the back end by giving the defensive backs like so many problems to solve. But what was even more frustrating about it from a Vikings perspective is Cam Bynum, the thing like the the thing he got dinged for coming out, it's his athletic ability. So like if I mean, if it's a foot race between him and Quez Watkins, he's going to lose every single time. But his best thing is decision making on the field. It's the football IQ. It's the reason that he's playing above Louis Seen. 
So, so to have that sort of breakdown again, especially when the defense, the entire strategy was to take away that one specific play. They couldn't take away the stuff that the defense was supposed to be taken away. And then they couldn't even take away the deep stuff either was super duper frustrating. And then as far as the Louis scene thing, we ought to get into it. Cam Bynum did not have a good game yesterday. And Louis scene was still on a milk carton for the whole game. We're we're, we're Vikings Twitter was like, where's Louis scene? Where's Louis scene? And, you know, we had sort of joked the week before that it, it seemed like the Vikings might be exaggerating the the ailment that he had suffered supposedly in, in practice to, to make him a, a non-healthy scratch as opposed to a healthy scratch. This game, he basically was a healthy scratch. Even though you're getting your butt kicked, the game was over, you know, th- so at some point during the third quarter. You would think that would be a great opportunity to get Louis seen some playing time, especially when the guy who was ahead of him is struggling during that game. But they didn't. He, he, Louis seen got on the field literally for one snap. And it was probably just so afterwards, they didn't have to answer questions of why didn't Louis seen play. It's starting to get a little weird that seen is not on the field more than he, than he is. I just need to give you a clap for that milk carton reference. That was, that was brilliant. I, that's good. I won't compliment you much because I got to keep you in check, but I'll take everyone I get from you, Jesse. (laughs) I, I envision, uh, what is that Terminator? Have you seen this boy? That's yeah. all I envision of when I think of where's where's Good. Lewis seen. How could he have been worse than Bynum last night? My question. Yeah. I want. I don't know if he could have been. And, and I think that that's what a lot of people have talked about. If you know eventually Seen is just going to start in place of Bynum, then why doesn't he just start the year? Mm-hmm. And if he's not ready to start the year, albeit a late round pick in the first round, then maybe that shouldn't have been the guy you used with that pick. If it's going to take you what a quarter of a season, half a season to get him on the field. I'm not ready to sound the alarm there, but it is interesting. I know he was injured, but it is interesting that he's not seeing the field more. I want to pose a question to both of you. This threw me for a loop last night in the first half on third and two, the Vikings go empty backfield and they throw an incomplete pass and have to punt. I don't hate empty backfield. I think it's great when you're a team like the Vikings and you have a fair amount of weapons on offense. I don't love it on third down. Put Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Let teams think you might be running. Mm-hmm. If it's if they're all wide and Dalvin Cook is split out wide, all it could be is either a pass or a Kirk Cousins scramble. And it more than likely isn't going to be that. I just want to get your, your guys' thoughts on that. I, I think... When you're in third and short, I think you have to put Delvin Cook in the backfield just for the perceived threat you might hand the ball off to him. I get it. Last night was a tough night on the ground, but I still think you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, overall, I I, I would agree with that thought for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing it evokes is like LSU 2019 when they had like Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and, and Chase. And in the backfield with Burrow, they had Clyde edwards Lair. They would do the thing on third and short sometimes where they would line up the four wide, or I suppose Thaddeus Moss, Randy's kid would be one of them, the tight end. But you'd have uh, Edwards Elaire in the backfield. And then right before the snap, you'd motion him out into the slot. And, and you could you you could essentially get the defense to tip off its intentions to you about how it's going to defend and cover. It, you know, empty in terms like that, where you're you're getting some information in in getting to empty. I think you could, you know, argue for that. But, like, yeah, the, the straightforward thing, I agree with you. You, you take out the, the threat of the run. And going back to the motion thing, we saw how devastating it was to the Packers, all, all the different motion that the Vikings were doing. And Kevin O'Connell had said something really interesting after the game. I think it was Kevin O'Connell who said this. 
but about how motioning Jefferson, it's not just that it gets him into more advantageous uh, situations against the coverage. It's also that it forces the defense to give to, to basically give out its intentions before the play is started, how, how they intend to, to cover the play or defend the play. You get to find out whether they're in man, whether they're in zone, what, you know, who's going to be on what side, everything like that. You, you give a whole bunch of the answers. And there was just a dearth of that in this game which the more answers that you could give Kirk Cousins pre-snap, the better Kirk Cousins is going to play. And you basically remove that from your own playbook, which I, you know, I, I thought was weird, but yeah, Ross, I agree with your point overall. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to repeat, but I exactly, I think in general, and we talked about this even against green Bay and I understand, you know, I think there Kevin O'Connell's looking at it as trying to keep Dalvin cook healthy as best he can and trying to split that with Madison. I just, I still want to see a little bit more of Delvin. I think they don't utilize him. They haven't the past two weeks like they should. I mean, again, yes, you have some of the best receivers, Justin Jefferson, namely, but I mean, Adam Thielen, you're, you're throwing the ball. That's great. But I, there's nothing wrong with that run game and utilizing, or at least the threat of utilizing Delvin cook, because he's obviously, as we all know, a very capable back uh, when healthy as he is right now. Yeah. They, it was way too easy for the Eagles to erase him. And and yep. look, I mean, the game script got away from the Vikings early. This was basically the exact, you know, the Vikings this time played the Packer role, you know, where, where the Vikings had gotten way ahead of the Packers in, in the first game. So the second half, the game script was totally different for both teams. than they thought literally with the drop pass, even right. Well, like, literally, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Smith it. playing the role of Christian Watson. Yes. This time. But it seemed like the Vikings, they still wanted to keep Delvin Cook in the game by running these screens. Mm -hmm. Those The Eagles were all over those <laughs> yeah. friggin' screens. Every single time they threw a screen, it was almost intercepted. Yeah. Like, they got to figure out something else with the screen game. I agree with, with your point overall that they need to get Delvin involved. You know, regardless. The, yeah. in, in this game, I'm not going to argue against how many times the ball was thrown because right. that's what the game script dictated. But you have to get Delvin involved as a receiver. But again... That, you know, whether it was play design or what, they were giving off some sort of intention to the Eagles where mm -hmm. the, the, the Eagles back half was sniffing that out every single time. There, there wasn't any clean screen passes to be had. I would like to see Delvin used a little bit more going back to the 2019 LSU team. I would like to see Delvin motioned out more, used in the slot. If, if that's what, you know, the, the game script is going that way, you're going to start throwing more. Start to do some interesting things with Delvin too, with, with, with the motion and getting him out in space and running uh, routes like a receiver because he can do that as well. Yeah. Well, that is a Ram staple with going back to Todd Gurley and, and Cam Akers. So maybe we'll see more of that as the season goes on. I do think a lot of this stuff, it takes time to unveil the entire playbook and for everybody for sure. to know it as well as they should. So again, that's why I keep saying, look, for as disappointing as last night was, I wanted the Vikings to go one and one in the first two weeks. And I was hopeful that they would beat green Bay because a divisional opponent, it means slightly more. And I'll be honest, I kind of automatically assumed they would probably go to Philly and lose. Mm -hmm. I would have been very excited if they won. And I thought, look, that's a missed opportunity to get to two and oh, and really get people behind you. But all, all is not lost with how the season has started for the Minnesota Vikings. However, Harrison Smith potentially lost. He left the game yesterday with con with a concussion. We'll see what happens. How good do you think it is that Minnesota has the quick turnaround going from Monday night to now playing Detroit? I mean, you get to kind of wash it away, right? Wash the bad taste out of your mouth, regroup, and head and, and host Detroit here, who is not a bad team, you guys. Like, nope. Detroit is no longer the team that you're going to come in and expect to just absolutely destroy. They're a very competent, very capable team. They 
They believe in their coach. They believe in themselves this year. Um, do you feel like it is a must win, not only so the Vikings move up to two and one, but to win against a division opponent? Do you think against the Lions, it's a must win for Minnesota now this week, having come off this tough loss in Philadelphia? I wouldn't say must win, but they're going to win this game. I, I think they're going to mop the floor with the Lions. Well, they have that- to stick with your 12 wins, Thor. Well, yeah. For, yeah. By the way, I'm the only person on this panel who correctly predicted the outcomes of the first two games. And this third one, I'm taking the Vikings to win by double digits. In the same way, the first game was. Did he was ever? A- did we ever officially make predictions? I I feel I like you said win or loss. Predict- yeah, we like, did. I predicted a loss in the last game. But no. you didn't like no, name name the score. You know, no, maybe I, didn't, the- I didn't name the score. Maybe the producer of the show should remember such bits when they have. <laughs> Pull the receipts. Pull the receipts. Pull the anytime. receipts. Pull yeah. them. Yeah. Pull them. Yeah, All right, Robert Sala. Yeah, pull them. And and I think the Vikings are going to win. Like I said, I think they're going to win this game handily. It, it's The last game was a really poor situational spot. That's what we talked about heading into that game of, you know, everyone's pumping your tires during the week after you just slaughtered the Packers. Packers didn't have any tape on what you were doing. They hadn't even seen your starters during the preseason. So you get to ambush them. Plus the Packers had uh, durability questions. They had multiple guys out, Bears mentioning. And then the the next game, you got to go into Philadelphia, a team that you don't match up particularly well against. It was sort of the opposite scenario. And the Eagles were coming off sort of a sluggish performance in week one against the Lions. They did end up winning, but it was just barely. It, It just set up for the Vikings to themselves get ambushed this game, the Vikings, they match up much better against the lions. The the lions talent level isn't nearly what the Eagles is. And I think the Vikings have a legitimate home field advantage, like in comparison to the rest of the NFL. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for all those different reasons and, and just talking about it from a treetop perspective, yes, this sucks. what, What just happened, but the schedule going forward, it opens up quite a bit. If you, if you were to rank heading into the season, the five hardest Vikings games, the first two objectively would have been in any top five list, right? I mean, you'd have to toss in the, the game at Green Bay, of course, you know, might might be number one. Um, and then at the Bills would be the other one. But you're then you're struggling to find other games that you feel like are harder than the first two. The Vikings have gotten, you know, a big part of the hardest games out of the way already. And now looking forward, you the Vikings already had two more home games this year than they had true road games because they, they caught the schedule right getting the nine home games and then eight away games, but one of those away games is the London game against the Saints. So, so I mean, and then also just the, the strength of the opponents is is way less. Like, the, the Vikings going forward, I, I think it's beneath 25th strength of schedule, like, if, you know, if, what they have left to play in the last 15 games. And then also, again, advantageous in terms of getting the way more true home games. So I, I think this is setting up well for the Vikings. I don't like that you said handily. I completely disagree with that. I think you're wrong like you are about the Hawkeyes. And so, I mean, it's just there's a list of wrong, Thor. Uh, because, I mean, you go back to that week one. They gave Philadelphia a run for money. They performed far better than Minnesota did, did against Philly. I mean, that was a close, what, 38-35 game. Um, and then they went in and, and beat Washington. I mean, I think Detroit is going to be much better than people assume. I think they are. You're right. They're coming in huge underdogs still because people still have the old Detroit regime uh, kind of vibe and feeling about them. But I, I do. I think they're just much improved. Yes, you still don't have a quarter, a competent quarterback, in my opinion. Um, but I just I think it's going to be a very close game. I think I think Minnesota will win. I do think home home field advantage. I almost said home ice. Wow. Um, training camp opens this week, guys. But uh, I do think home field advantage is especially true at U.S. Bank Stadium. We talked about it in our lead up to the start of the season, how loud that place is, how great it is for for Vikings fans and the Vikings team. But I think it's going to be much closer. I don't think it's going to be a double-digit win. I'm looking at 
a touchdown, maybe a field goal difference in this. And again, that's only if you get a far improved team than what you saw Monday night. I don't care how it gets done. I just think for this team to get to where they want to go, they can't lose home games. At the end of the year, this team has to look back and say, we lost no more than a game at home. If they do that, that means the season has gone really well for the Minnesota Vikings. I'll push back on Thor a little bit. I'm the guy that never gets excited about schedules. I just don't for any team because you don't know what they mean. I think we all would have looked at the Saints and even Miami at the beginning of the year and said, those are incredibly winnable games. Well, now you look at those games, both coming up, and I'd say they're probably both toss-ups. Yeah, I mean, I Thor clearly disagrees. He's giving me the death stare if you're watching. You're not a Tua fan? You're not a Tua fan? Well, two and on, two and on. The, the, the Dolphins game may have moved into that top five, you know, like of, of that ranking to the hardest game, per, per, potentially. I, I wouldn't say I'm terribly afraid of the Saints game. Kamara's hurt right now. And then also, I believe Kamara, I, I looked this up yesterday. I hope I don't butcher this, but I think his court hearing is, is a couple days before that London game. And they're waiting on the suspension until that. So between the injury, between the potential suspension for Kamara, it seems like you would say the odds are that Kamara is not going to be playing in that game. Um, yeah. The schedule is – it's easier going forward. I mean, like, it substantially, it, this definitely matters, right? I mean, like, it, it definitely does. And as far as matching up better against the Lions, I'll tell you why. The Packers have one of the worst receiving cores in the league. The Lions one ain't much better. They struggle getting separation. They basically, you know, until Jamison Williams comes back, you basically have the, the one receiver in in Amonra St. Brown. The Eagles, their receiving core is one of the best in the league ever since they got A.J. Brown. And you got him and you got De- Devonta, et cetera. What's the Vikings' worst thing on defense? It's their coverage. So, I mean, if, if, if they're going up against teams that have the awesome receiving cores, that defense is going to play down for sure. And then the Vikings, their worst thing on, on offense so far is their pass blocking. Well, the Lions, they have pieces because, you know, they like they added Hutchins and stuff like that. But their pass rush isn't there yet. Like in, in terms of like the whole league right now, they're bottom 10 in that. So I, I don't think they can exploit what the Vikings worst thing is on defense. And I don't think they can exploit what the Vikings worst thing is on offense. And yes, the, the Lions give you a lot of effort, but I don't, you know, they, they play hard for, for Campbell, et cetera. But I don't think of them as one of these schematic teams that's playing the the 3D chess with you in the same way a team like the Eagles is, for instance, right? So so schematically, I would definitely give the edge to the Viking side as well. I just think they match up way better. And this is a really good situational spot now where, where people are, are looking the other way and not believing in you as much. Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks last weekend. So be be ready for him on he Sunday. Was, he was one of my favorites in HBO's Hard Knocks. I'm not going to lie. Like he just seemed, his whole family seems like good people. Very pretty people too, which was remarkable. I don't <laughs> have all of them in that gene pool. And I like, uh, I like their coach too. He reminds me a lot of um, the dude. So there we go. Well, oh, uh, he, he definitely, yeah, <laughs> but he's like a way bigger, way more intense. For, I, I was around I think it's just a little bit at the ca- combine. And it's, yeah. It's he just because he says man. He that. says man like every two seconds. Well, I don't know, man. He's like a gritty version <laughs> of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yes, right? But yeah, I mean, yes. And and you have to account for Hutchinson, and I'm guessing that's what's going to be all the talk in the Vikings offensive meetings this week. But overall, if you can neutralize – I mean, this is a big F, but if you can neutralize uh, Hutchinson, you neutralize their entire pass rush. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have a lot of it outside of that. They they it, Hold right it for now, Thursday, 26th in, in PFF pass rush. What, what's that? <laughs> Hold it for Thursday. 
Oh, need content sorry. for Thursday. Leave oh, them uh, wanting more. Yeah. Leave them wanting more. Join us Thursday for more of Thor's rants and rambles. You know, I, 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 I won't be in as bad of a mood on Thursday either. So, but oh. I'll, I got, I'll, I'll leave plenty in the chamber. This oh. is you in a bad mood. You're still smiling. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I get to talk about the Vikings. It's another day above ground. But yeah, last night was not, was not good. We, me and my buddies went to the Moose. And in the second half, we were just like kicking under the table and grumbling under our, our breasts. And what is this guy doing? What's Donatel doing? What the hell was this game plan O'Connell came in with? Um, Kirk Cousins would not want to have been a fly on the wall during that 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 that, that, that meeting either. Uh, not, not nice things are being said about Kurt, but ready to turn the page for the Lions. And I think the Vikings match up well. Does anybody do this? And I'm being sincere here because I watch a lot of football. Does any quarterback in college or NFL on the road do this more than Kirk Cousins? <laughs> it seems like the guy can't hear. I get it's tough on the road. I get it. I don't think any other quarterback I've ever seen does this more than him. It's just, can he not? Can he not hear a dang thing in his heads? In his headset? No. Did you guys ever watch that Austin Powers where they had the fembots? Yeah. And then like the, <laughs> the, the fembot, like then it it, it shorted Sorry? out and, and the head popped off. That's like Kirk Cousins. When everything's going good with the system, he's he's a beautiful, beautiful person, beautiful player. But when when it starts to short circuit for him, like clearly, like even by the second quarter, his head was just like smoke was coming out and everything like that. He was making all these weird decisions, like he's throwing behind guys. Just, just bad times. Darius Slay is out there <laughs> stripping down him. Yeah, that's right. That's what happened. He, he's got he's good for like one of those per, one of those duds per year. It happens like like clockwork. I. I I would be pretty confident in saying that's going to be his worst game of the season. If he has a worse one than that, I, I would be very surprised. Well, we'll it's- find out again. Obviously, Thursday we have another. Ep- I'm hold. I'm holding you guys back. We got to talk. <laughs> we have another episode. Give I'm just envisioning Quasi or KOC walking into like the training room and going, "My goodness, Kirk." You're a fembot. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost everybody under the age of like 25. Like, what are we talking about? It was Austin Powers. Like, they have no clue at all. Yeah, you got to watch Austin Powers. You got to watch the classics. And I, I, know. I think they're mostly all available, or at least two of the three are on the Netflix machine right now. So I get after so. it. I was watching it at an age that was far too young to be watching it. Like my brother and I were. I was like, this seems inappropriate. Now that I look back on it. Anyway, we will have more Vikings talk, maybe more Austin Powers movie talk come Thursday on our next episode of Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. So tune in then as we start to preview a little bit deeper the Detroit Lions game on, on Sunday. Before we let you guys go, our Before We Dies, uh, Ross, why don't you kick us off this week? I think Before We Die, visibly behind Thor, I'll be able to see the University of Minnesota football helmet. That's that's what I'm hopeful for. Uh, I'll save my other one for Thursday, but I'd love to see that Golden Gopher football helmet in the camera view. All right, Thor, what you got? We'll have to make it swap for Ross. It's just a little bit higher. Just a little bit outside of the view. Um, I got Iowa and Minnesota going head to head up there. I um, I, I do like the UCLA hat. New member to the Big Ten. I like that right. helmet. I just called a helmet a hat. Uh oh, they're yeah. gonna come after me in the comments. Yeah, my 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 before we die. It's not a prediction. It's just something I want to happen. I w- I want the Eagles in the playoffs. I I want the Vikings and the Eagles in in the playoffs. I'm so sick of Eagles fans. They're, they have to be the most singularly annoying people on earth. To go back to Austin Powers, there's only two kinds of people in this world that I can't stand. People who are intolerant of other fan bases and Eagles fans. They're, they are just 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 
out of this world annoying. When, when, when I lived in Uptown, that was like, th- this is going back years, when when the, the Eagles had beaten the Vikings, that one NFC title game, and then the Eagles played in the Super Bowl, and then they, they won it here. All night outside my, my Uptown apartment, I was hearing these idiot drunk Eagle fans running up and down by street. Fly, Eagles, fly. I, n- not many times in my life have I felt murder in my heart, but uh, all that night at like three in the morning when I still couldn't go to bed and my, my grit teeth. I, I just, yeah. Anyway, I, I want the Eagles back in the, in the playoffs. They're, they're feeling themselves a little bit, but I think I think Kevin O'Connell is going to make some adjustments, and I, I, I think the next time we, we play them, it could be a different result. I don't want to play them there, though. I, if no, the Vikings get the Eagles again, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have them here. Do you, do you guys watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Like, yeah, every time we play against the, like, we're passionate fans. We hammer people. Like, that's what we do. Like, it's just everything about it is so great. I love that show. Uh, before we die... Um, Thor is going to be first on the episode. Like he's going to beat me in the studio room for oh, this episode. Oh, I'm it's the one who's always late. I see. Wow, wow. Hey, let it. What's, letting, what's the record? Let it be known, Ross. What's the record? Letting people inside to what we deal with before the show. <laughs> I I think it's. I think Jesse's been number one every time. She was. So I mean, just early. in life in general, but like. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. She was so early one time she had to leave and come back. One That's time. how early she yep. was. Yeah, yeah. One, one time. I, I think the record will show I've been earlier more than Jesse. Like let the record show. Yeah. The record show everything. I'm just glad anytime Thor shows up. That's <laughs> I, You know what? We all. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Her. I am the diva of this show. That is what it is. That's very true. Yeah. Visible, right? I'm going to wear that crown. <laughs> Again, this is Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. Subscribe, rate, check out all the Purple Daily content for your Vikings needs on YouTube, scorenorth.com. You love it. Drop some comments. Let us know what you guys are thinking. Uh, And again, be sure to check out all the other shows about all your Vikings needs. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Skull.